Welcome to the Gatecast and our journey to the Pegasus Galaxy and the City of the Ancients, Atlantis. Hello, good evening, and thank you, for Mike, for reminding me to do this bit, and welcome to Gatecast, episode 176, covering Stargate Atlantis, episode 13, I think. Good evening, everybody. Yes, Alan, quick off the mark. Are you ready? Yes. Three, two, one, go. Hang on a minute. <laughs> when that line appears, he, he's ready, he's off. Assuming the line does actually appear. There are occasions when the line doesn't appear, which is annoying. Right then, I'm coming down with a cold. So there may be the odd sniffle, and uh, my voice is certainly not as clear and concise as it should be, even at the best of times. Indeed. So I had forgotten that my Buffy Season 1 Crucifix Edition is Region 2. <laughs> Therefore, the recording had a lot of... Where are you? Oh, you're there. Okay, I'll pause. So I'm going to have to download the American version for... Uh, I've discovered if I run VLC at 0.9, almost in sync. Yeah. Oddly enough, throughout the entire recording of the Buffy episode, not a single cat entered the room. Right, I tweeted, about to record Gatecast episode 176, covering SGA episode 13, Hot Zone. Tweet, you love Stargate, and tell us which characters are in your hot zone. Giggity. Kevin Webb replied, Carter is in my hot zone. Brad Mole replied, rather confusingly, Man, if I needed a priestess to watch over my affairs, I want her. Which, precisely which her is... Could have been referring to Carter. Could have been re- referring to Carter, all right. Kimberly seems to want pretty much every male lead in Stargate. Uh, SGA character, Hot Zone. McKay, Shepard and Beckett. SG1. Daniel, Jack and Cam. Cam? Cameron, Mitchell, Ben Browder. Oh, right. Okay. We haven't hit that yet. I'm deliberately not thinking that far ahead. <laughs> and I think, unless there's another one here. No further replies. I think that I got more replies in a shorter time to that tweet than we've gotten any other. I think it's all about timing. And content. Some people's Twitter timeline moves that fast. You know, if you if you don't get there right just when they look down, you're gone. I think Brad just loves SGA. Could be. Ah, he says, just a bystander tonight. I wish I could have joined the discussion. I loved this episode. Well, I've ordered me Fringe series box set. As soon as that comes out, I can start watching in time with Aaron on Sci-Fi Dig, who's going through Fringe at the moment. It's probably on bloody Netflix. I like to own stuff. I'm broke. I can't afford to own stuff, and frankly, I have way too many things to watch as it is. No point in buying anything else until either A, I'm back in full-time employment on full pay, and B, I have watched at least 80% of the DVDs I own. But on the subject to which, much to my annoyance, I was watching Season 4, Episode 9 of Breaking Bad last night. Yeah. And there's a point at which Jesse tells Walter to get the f*** out, and the word f*** was dead-aired. On the DVD? No, on Netflix. Netflix. Oh. I think it's the broadcast version because they call it TV14, which I think includes mild swearing. Oh, so Netflix have their own rating system then? No, it's the US rating system. They just didn't bother to change it when they went off here. And I thought it was bizarre because I watched Sons of Anarchy on Netflix and that's where I palooza. And none of it's cut. Well, I finally finished Sinbad. That's done and dusted. Yeah, but did they cancel after that season or was it renewed? I've heard nothing about a second season, which doesn't surprise me. I mean, the last two episodes were rather dull, to be honest with you. The whole rescue his brother from the land of the dead. I'm sitting there thinking, you know, it's boring. So, how has your dining experience been lately? Uh, waitress! Waitress! Uh, what did he order? Oh, he had a special... That's what I ordered! I changed my order for the soup! Good move. 
been like that poor fella, then we'd like to suggest the Sci-Fi Diner podcast for great, tasty, and spicy cuisine. Weekly, we offer up top news, interviews, and have great conversations on what's going on in the world of sci-fi. Make your reservation today at the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast.com. Check, please. That was the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast promo, an excellent genre theme show hosted by Scott and Miles. Lots of news, reviews, and listener interaction with some fantastic interviews recorded from their various convention visit. Miles will be joining us for the SG-1 finale, Mobius, in the near future. And I'm noticing the fact that I changed the cat's pouches to something that's primarily fish-based in uh, the fact that they now have a different sort of odour. Oh, that's a nice way to put it. <laughs> Thank you. My cats are supposed to like fish. I've tried raw and cooked. They only like food in the sense that I appear to be eating it, therefore they want it. <laughs> But I have to say, I got a lovely bit of cod the other day, and last night I sprinkled it with mixed spice seasoning, small amount of cayenne pepper, and some Isle of Man creamery cheese, and bunged the whole thing in oven for 14 minutes, 180. I didn't overdo the cayenne pepper, so it was lightly spiced without being overwhelmed. And it was bloody delicious. I was like, damn, I should have got a bigger bit of fish. <laughs> but I, li- I did literally, I just consumed the whole thing. Nothing better than making your own the fresh ingredients. Relatively fresh. I bought it on Saturday. Well, not out of the freezer or processed. Yeah, well, unfortunately, due to severe cash flow difficulties, uh, my shopping's done in Aldi. Nothing wrong with Aldi. There's some great bargains in Aldi. I know. I know Little, for example, gives you a frozen lobster for a fiver. <laughs> yes, and of course, Cindy emerges at the wood lobster. Yeah. We got another response to your tweet from Idaho Girl 823 So we did. She's picked John Shepard and Ronan Dex. We don't know who Ronan Deck is, and therefore I refuse to comment on <laughs> Unless we get Ronan this week. Not yet. Oh, and Idaho Girl 823 has followed us as of 36 seconds ago. How she managed to respond to the tweet or even see the tweet if she wasn't following us is... Anyway, be that as it may. What the hell does Cree mean? Well, actually, it means a lot of things. You who? Yes, in a manner of speaking. We have a few Stargate-related birthdays this week, including one of the gate builders themselves. On the 29th, both Bruce Howard and April Tellock will be celebrating their birth. Bruce played Dr. Osborne in the Stargate SD-1 episode Frozen, but is perhaps more familiar for being Fitzgerald in the short-lived Lone Gunman series. He has also been in Smallville, Andromeda, The Outer Limits, and Supernatural. April played Salis in two episodes of Stargate SD-1, Origin and Avalon and she had recently had a recurring role of Nell in the excellent Helen Wheels. She has also been in Highlander, Millennium and Sliders. On the 1st of May, John Dial has his birthday. He was in original Kowalski in the theatrical Stargate movie, and has appeared on LA Law, The Shield, Point Pleasant, and has six projects upcoming. On the 2nd of May, we have Mr. Brad Wright himself, celebrating his birthday. Brad was there at the beginning of the TV series as a co-creator, he also went on to write, produce, and on the odd occasion, appear in the franchise. Last but not least, a happy birthday to Ron Canada, who was born on the 3rd of May. Ron appeared in the Stargate SG-1 episode Bad Guys as Quartus. He also has recurring roles on The Shield, The West Wing, Jack and Bobby, and Boston Legal. There are a few more birthdays this week, so keep an eye out on our various portals. 
And now back to the hot zone. Right. Can we now re-kick off? Yes, I'm still ready. Oh, good. Ever <laughs> three, ever a doe, ever hen. Clicky. <laughs> and fade in on water. And I thought that looked like a car headlight for a second. <laughs> this is post the storm, one of them. Yeah, so the aftermath. Lots of water. The city leaked a little. A little? Just a little. I don't care if it's a prime number or not. Come on, yes or no? No. It's incredible. Ten for ten. He is terrible. So I suck at prime, not prime. Somehow I'm going to sleep tonight. They do have good flashlights. Hmm. Do you think they're early versions of LED? See on light. Hmm. 9.93. Oh, the scientists are making fun of the army boy. Pick on four day. They did this in a few episodes, but this was really the only scene that got left in after the cut. Hmm. Lieutenant Ford, would you mind being a subject of research paper on statistical improbabilities? This is some sort of payback for guys like me beating up guys like you in high school, right? Yeah, it's a good point. I like Zelenka. Zelenka is this season's Walter, as I think Brad said last time we did an SGA episode. Yeah, it shows you how big the set is when the camera just pans down between levels. So, Rodney, what's it like out there in the suburbs today? Essentially, with the exception of the upper-level storage room, which the lovely and talented Dumay informs me is in no immediate danger, this pier is in relatively good shape. Relatively good shape? Well, it's dark, it's damp, and it smells terrible. So, but like Rodney, then. <laughs> Head back. Heading back. All right, you clowns, listen up, and I'll often get a chance to say this, so savor it. Good work, boys and girls. Let's go home. There's all the extras in this episode. Not all of them say much, but... Yes. Wagner, Johnson, what's your position? There's always one or two of them. Lots of scientists. Doctor this, doctor that. <laughs> Oops. Coming at us! What? Where are they? Uh, down this corridor. We're on our way! Gone off together. There's always been talk. <laughs> so close, Rodney. <laughs> yeah, and it's surprising to see Rodney running towards danger. Well, he's really up for it, isn't he? After the defiant one last week. No, he's caught into a fatal position. And he doesn't look good. He's dead. <laughs> He's dead, Jim. <laughs> That's exactly what I thought. <laughs> oh, she doesn't look well. No. Nope. Well, calm down. There's nothing here. Michelle Addison acting her socks off. Oh, shame she's a socks. Oh. I, get, I need a medical team down here. Stat. Stat. Screaming, <laughs> <laughs> holding head. Rodney looks slightly disturbed. Everybody, get your cell phones out. Record mm. it. But what's that? That looks like a slash on the side of her mouth. Blood. Down her cheek. Was that just blood draining from her lip? Ah. Yeah, from the nose and the mouth. So something's gone pop. Hmm. That was a quite uh, hectic introduction to the episode. Yeah, didn't feel like three and a half minutes. And credit sequence. Okay, do your thing. Alright then. Hot Zone. Season 1, episode 13 of Stargate Atlantis. The Gatecast episode 176. The episode was written by Martin Garrow, directed by Mario Zapardi. It had its premiere in the UK January the 11th, 2005. In the US, it aired February the 4th, 2005. France, June the 24th. Thought I'd throw France in this week. <laughs> Strangely enough, I've got a listing for Canada November 22nd, 2004. Even though everywhere else, there's a premiere was January the 11th. Bit of a puzzle that one is. Hmm. Mario Zapardi. He directed four episodes of SGA, five of SG-1, and did five episodes of Highlander. Just recently done Aladdin and the Death Lamp and Witch Slayer Gretel, sci-fi B-movies. Ah, uh, your favourite? Yes. 
Okay, Carlson, this is where you earn your money. And your minor off-credit sequence credit. Okay, this is Dr. Beckett. What exactly is the nature of the emergency? It's too late. They're gone. Who's gone? How? Wagner and Johnson. I need a containment team here. I'm sorry? A containment team? Why? People don't just see things and drop dead, Lieutenant. <laughs> no, not, not even on Atlantis. Yeah. yeah but and if already... they were infected, there's a very good chance that we were too. Rodney's being remarkably responsible and not thinking of himself. Assertive, isn't he? <laughs> well, bottom line, he does have authority. I mean, he is the head of the science team. Yeah. You know, it's just not authority he feels they need to exercise, because frankly he feels it's a waste of his considerable intellectual capacity. That's the plan, yes. May I say it's a terrible one? No, you may not. Look at the vest he's wearing, you know, he's got all the pockets and the pouches, you know, he's really decked out. Mm-hmm. He feels military. You are what you wear. What if we're not infected yet? Well, there's no way of knowing. But I feel fine. I feel perfectly fine. End of discussion. Peterson, we're staying here. Peterson, who's going to be trouble. Yeah. Played by Damon Johnson. He's been in Smallville, Supernatural, Chaos and True Justice. What? <laughs> this way, lads. Rainbow's looking slightly puzzled. He's probably thinking I shall be in charge. I have to say, there is no way that the average Atlantis personnel... Were they selected on the basis of acute they were? Because I'm sorry, average population would not have the female members looking that attractive. Who knows? We've known for some time that the ancients suffered from a plague. No, the ancients suffered from the rake. Right? <laughs> not a plague, if you count them as a plague. Peter Groden, semi-regular character, played by Craig Veroni. He's been in Arctic Air, Battlestar Galactica, Tin Man and Psych. You know, I think it would have been more appropriate to have the dickhead. Yeah, probably. Okay, let's sit back and admire Taylor beat the crap out of John. The fact that she's casual, you know, she's she's been very shallow about this, you know, use your opponent's uh, energy against them. And she's glistening, which never does any harm. Distracting. They've lit the scene very well. Looks like natural sunlight coming through the windows. It does, doesn't it? And those little odd... That does look like natural sunlight, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's true. You're not playing the game, John. Ow, 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 uh, <laughs> to the throat. I like that. <laughs> you have not been practising. Rather in- intimate position. If this was really a fight... If this was really a fight, I would have shot you by now. <laughs> He's doing the Indiana Jones approach. <laughs> you know... No matter how many hours I put into this, you're still going to kick my ass. It is not for the winning that we practice. What's the point? You know, never let you get close enough to hit me with your stick. We have run into a questionable medical situation. A questionable medical situation? That is a wonderful euphemism. (laughs) For at least the next couple of hours, I need everyone to stay where they are and report anyone moving freely through the halls. I hope you'll understand. Thank you. As we said in an earlier episode, Rachel went off during the hiatus and did a lot of training herself. All the work she did with the, the stunt coordinator, James Bamford. Well done, John. Should keep communication with you at all times. After what happened in the, the storm and the eye. Hmm. Don't worry, my motivations are based entirely on self-preservation. Wait, wait, wait! And he's put gloves on. Doesn't this increase our chances of getting infected? All right, let me spell this out for you, Okay. If there is a bacterial agent and it is not airborne, then it should be relatively safe for us to look around as long as we take the proper precautions. Seriously. However, if it is an airborne agent, then there's a very good chance we've already been infected. 
Well, shouldn't we wait for Dr. Beckett to decide that? Those men were only down there for 12 hours. Even if they were infected right away, that's an alarmingly short incubation period. Now, if anyone else is infected, as in, oh, I don't know, maybe us, seconds are going to count, Lieutenant. You tell him, McKay. All right, light. Let's go. Well, I have precautions, Rodney. Don't go around picking mm. up stuff or licking stuff. Considering that most of these people are scientists, you know, they are rather mm. panicking a little. And you look at the other guards, you know, they're all calm and doing the job where mm. Rainbow is... And everybody stay here. Ford. You just told me you know everybody except Ford stay here. You think I'm going in there by myself? Uh-uh. Well, maybe this is foreshadowing. Rainbow doesn't isn't strike as the most stable guy on the planet. That's true, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're a guard. Go, guard. I'm not military enough. Don't touch anything. Any hints on who was in foreground there, or is she not credited? Dumas, Nahani Artisan. She's been in Grimm, Battlestar, L Word, and Savage Island. Ooh, that reminds me, there's new Grimm on my DVR. Yes, there is. And new Arrow. Yes, there is. <laughs> it's good when shows come back. I like Arrow. Sometimes I don't watch Arrow until later in the week, and I watch it, I think, damn, I forgot how good this bloody show is. <laughs> I am so buying that when it comes out on Blu ray, I'm not even going to wait for it to come down in price. Really? So you're enjoying it? I thought you were a bit... Oh, no, that's my mate Paul who's gone a bit mad on it. All right, all right. Taylor and I are coming up to join you. We're in a self-regulated quarantine, Major. Everyone stays where they are. Sergeant Bates, we haven't seen him for a while. Do you really think I'm in any sort of danger walking from here to the control room? Once again, belly button porn. Starting to develop a fetish for this. Hmm. Only authorized personnel in hazmat suits are allowed to roam freely. Those rules apply to everyone, including you. Well... Then, get someone to bring me a hazmat suit. Everyone in hazmat is busy configuring the lab to deal with a possible outbreak. Now, if an opportunity arises, I will send someone to come get you, but in the meantime, radio contact will have to do. This episode was intended to be a, a bottle show, after the heavy expenditure of the eye in the storm. Years and a lot of sets. Well, as the writer, Martin Garrow, said in the commentary, the set is that large, you can do a bottle show and still cover a hell of a lot of rooms. And how would something like that survive for all these years? Viruses can remain dormant for long periods. I'm hoping the answer will be found in the database. How do you know it's a virus? Okay, I think that we yes, have to... Yes, 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 yes. doesn't appear to be networked in with the rest of the ancient systems. In fact, if you look, it only contains information about the experiments that took place in this room. <laughs> oh, dear. Go ahead, Rodney. Where's Beckett? He's on his way. Take some time to load a whole medical team into suits. Well, we seem to have stumbled across something that I find a little troubling. That's not what I wanted to hear. I think we may have found an ancient viral lab. Wagner and Johnson must have been exposed here. Now, it would take weeks to sift through all this data, and there's no way of knowing whether the ancients were just studying the viruses or actively creating them. Either way, the storm's done quite a number on this place, and I've got it. He's not happy. Domain. There must be a... Uh, uh, oh, hey, oh. Oh, dear. Oh, bye. <laughs> We knew her for so little. Oh. <laughs> Get off me, woman. <laughs> I'm married. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> oh, he's saying things now. Oh, nasty. Some sort of uh, spirit apparition. And he's gone to run away. Why is this suddenly dark? I and mean, she's bleeding from her ear as well. Yeah. Tell Becky to pick up the pace. I've just lost another member of my team. Oh, it's scanners, isn't it, really? Brains exploding. I think it's all about scanners. My mate got video player the same one as I'd gotten, and it did reverse at normal speed. And I said, cool, now that you've got that, we can watch that scene in scanners backwards and see his head come back together. <laughs> and he's like, oh, I didn't think of that. 
It should be okay. Groden is locking all the doors in the hallway and killing power to the entire section. That's it. Lock them all in. They're not going anywhere. Hmm. No, Elizabeth, it's not under control. He knows almost as much about ancient technology as I do. At the very most, what you're doing will just slow him down. So he's acknowledging that somebody knows as much about ancient as he does? Nearly as much. <laughs> There's a big gap between nearly and as much as. I'd be worried about all that water still dripping in the city. I'd be thinking, you know, it'd be really good if we had some zats right now. They should have took one. I'm sure the FCC could have spared just one zat gun. Oh, <laughs> I'm hearing voices. <laughs> Peterson, this is Elizabeth Weir. Can you hear me? I can't imagine how frightening this whole ordeal must be. I'm seeing red lines on the map. Well, they're at locked doors, aren't they? Mm-hmm. For now, anyway. Now, I think the best thing for you to do is to head back. If Becca gives you a clean bill of health, we'll make sure you get back to the city as soon as possible. Oh, there we go. <laughs> it's interesting how it only opens that far. Well, yeah, you'd think any uh, lock would just open and it's like, well, it's open, or at least you could push it open. Doesn't that look like the dialing computer? Yeah. How about the Space Invaders theme tune at this point? No, Pac-Man. I was thinking Pac-Man. <laughs> Poor Megillion wasn't absolutely delighted to be uh, in this rubber hazmat suit mm-hmm. for a couple of days. It's got its own AC unit built in, but unfortunately it does not work very well. Mm. We've already started the autopsies. Any ideas? From what we could tell, you're all in good shape, so I wouldn't jump to any... Stop trying to convince me I'm fine, Carson. I think we all know better. I was just trying Are to make sure... Yes. They said after every scene, uh, you know, the director yelled, cut. All you'd hear was about 20 zippers coming down. Mm-hmm. Tell your pathologists to start with their heads. Hello. What? Rodney. Oh, dear. He's using an ear thermometer. Is he hearing things? Bit intrusive to have him bend over right in the middle of the lab. <laughs> What's wrong with an oral thermometer? Is the ear one just more accurate and quicker? Quite uncomfortable in my experience. Someone has to do something. We are doing something. Groden's working on a plan to limit the door controls. That's to... not good enough. Someone has to go out there and stop him. Taylor and I are ready. Major, we've been... Peterson obviously isn't thinking straight, and he's endangering the entire population of the city. We don't yet know the nature of the virus we're dealing with. This is still a medical situation. No, we don't have time for this. I'm heading out. Groden, seal the gym. John does not like to be a bench, does he? No. So where did you get the radio? <laughs> it's over the main intercom, isn't it? Is huh. You said so yourself. You are the ranking military officer. I can't chance you getting infected. I can't chance you getting infected. Bates? Yes, sir. Unlock the gym. Yes, sir. Stand down, Bates. You are not in command here, Major. Well, we'll agree to disagree. Bates, open the door. <laughs> he could have slipped out before it showed. He could have done. Elizabeth, he's heading right for you. So we'll stop him. We'll talk him down. We'll block his way. We'll... Sergeant Bates, I am ordering you to open up the doors between the gym and the med lab right now. It's for your own good, John. We're heading out. Mm. <laughs> mm. Now, this is the first time in the series they've yeah. really actually come to, not, you know, metaphorical blows, I should say. I'm sorry, ma'am. Doesn't really matter now, does it? Hmm. <laughs> He's taller than she is. And this is always a problem when you get military and civilian whose boundaries aren't, you know, set in stone. 
Shooting where you're well within your rights. Mutiny, Miss Christian. Anything of interest? They both died of a ruptured saccular brain aneurysm, which in and itself isn't all that remarkable. I mean, sure, the chances of two people standing next to each other and dying of it is statistically improbable, yes. But it's not the smoking gun we were hoping for. And this is Dr. Byro. I'm sure it's not pronounced Byro, but I can't imagine how else you'd, you'd say B-I-R-O. Probably not. Biro. Played by Lindsay Collins, a Canadian actress. She's been in The Motive, Fringe and The Killing. Appears in three episodes of Stargate Atlantis. What way did Gillian just say it? And interior, I was talking. Oh, wee! <laughs> She's going to cut into her. <laughs> oh, Rodney, such a cheerful son. Mm-hmm. You should not have undermined Dr. Weir's authority in front of Sergeant Bates. Sometimes Elizabeth makes a decision early on and gets locked into it. That's a problem. She is not the only one who suffers from that affliction. Dr. Weir, this is Shepard. Taylor and I are ready to head out. What's Peterson's location? Don't sulk, Elizabeth. Just tell him where he is. <laughs> Elizabeth. He's in section E19, level three. So is Shepard off to shoot you, man? He thinks he's off to save the day. Hmm. Yeah, he's mighty miss. Rachel was on the commentary. She pointed out that her uh, hazmat suit was cinched in at the waist. Hmm. Never hide the figure. Indeed not. Especially if it's a figure eight. Excellent commentary track for this episode. Actually better than the episode as such. Paul McGillian, Rachel Luttrell, the writer Martin Garrow and Rainbow Sun Franks. She's not happy. That tone says you're going to regret this later. That's a similar tone that some women, uh, when you're asked how they are and they respond, fine. <laughs> it's still trying. <laughs> Come on, put a bit of muscle in it. Government droid retweeted us. Oh dear. Oh no, that's Peterson. <laughs> well, not okay, obviously. That's the problem with hallucinations. Your reasoning and logical part of your mind just isn't working. And best of all, so I've left it till last, brain hemorrhage or aneurysms. That definitely sounds familiar. Maybe there's something in here about how to... Lots of elements in the database which they just never find until it's too late. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh-oh. Give me some aspirin. <laughs> Did you see that? Was it just me? Sorry. Rodney? Hmm. <laughs> I've been seeing things. Never. I think Zelenka knew that. About an hour? First you think it's just your eyes playing tricks on you, but eventually... They get worse. You too? They come right at you. Ooh. He seems very calm. It's like a ghost. I've been going over the survey schedule. Johnson and Wagner started off on their own, but then crossed paths with Dumay an hour later. Dumay died almost exactly an hour after Johnson and Wagner. Who did they meet up with next? A greater concern is who Dumay met up with next. Dumay? Who'd she run into? I think that uh, Hayes, played by Peter Greer. There's actually a hell of a lot of extras, and they're all either doctors or <laughs> military boats, trying to determine who's who, unless they actually take the name. Hmm. She ran into Hayes and me. We're next. Oh dear. Oh, ooh. she touched you, Rod. Mm. Oopsie. There you go, Hayes. Yeah, it was Hayes. Doctor Peterson, I presume. I'm not going back there. You don't have much of a choice. <laughs> it's nice to know, isn't it? 
It's good when your day's organised. Indeed. I'm sure if you started taking aspirin or some kind of blood thinner, it would help. Once we ensure that you are not infected, you will be allowed back into the city. Until then, you are a threat to the rest of the population. You won't remember, Young King. Peterson, you will not be allowed to go back to the okay, city. Just wait, wait, just wait a second. Take me back to the med lab. Just quarantine me there. I'll go voluntarily. Just please don't make me go back there. You're not going to be able to reason with him, John. Really, I'm, I'm fine. I'm, I'm, I'm sure you know there's something wrong with you by now. Yes, and we will fill you full of holes. Peterson has agreed to go back to the med lab until we can get this situation resolved. Stop! You hear him? Interesting comment. This whole scene was shot and then discarded because it didn't really work right. Then went back to the editing and just cut splice, cut splice, and actually mm. came up with this where virtually everything you're seeing is out of order. Mm. Oh dear. Oh, that's not a good place that's to be. That's the canteen. Well, that's done it, hasn't it? Containment breach. Self-destruct. <laughs> a little camera trickery because the control room really doesn't have this many doors. Mm-hmm. As I said in the commentary, this is just really one big space. The ancients really built their city well. Mm-hmm. Lots of fail-safes and yep. uh, they really didn't trust themselves. Mm-hmm. I'm getting reports of Peterson transported into the mess hall. For some reason we can't follow The city has taken over. Put us into a lockdown. Override it. I can't. Atlantis must be designed to respond to outbreaks automatically. The city initiated a lockdown when Peterson transported out of the east side. Why now? Why not when Johnson and Wagner became infected? The city's detection systems might have been affected by the flooding in those areas. But once Peterson entered the mess hall, the pathogen was almost instantly detected by automated systems and the city protected itself. All right, what are my options? Limited. As of now, we're completely locked out of the mainframe. Isn't that fascinating? Should be thankful he doesn't have any little guns coming from the ceiling like in Farscape. Yes. Stop footage. Yes. Is this really necessary? I am about to die of a brain aneurysm. How does being attached to a heart monitor help? If you die like the others, we'll have a better idea of how. At that point, I will cease to care. There are a lot of other people that live in the city, man. Yes, the living. <laughs> Comforting, isn't it? It isn't it. Sink the city, drown it out. And Rodney refused to take his shirt off. Or, more to the point, David said Rodney would refuse to take his shirt off. <laughs> We're here, this is Shepard. You able to get the transporters online or not? Doesn't look promising. Atlantis itself seems to have somehow sensed a threat and taken over most of the controls. So it shut down the transporters? That's right. Well, I wish we would have thought of that. We did think of that, Major. That entire section had to be powered up for you to open the door to Peterson. In fact, if you hadn't gone after him, he wouldn't have been able to use the transporters. Do you still feel it was a good idea? (laughs) (laughs) You tell him. Thankfully, everyone else respected the quarantine. There's only a handful of people there. All right, you made your point. Make your way back to the city. Wait in Beckett's lab for further instructions. Do you feel like a prat now? I hope you do. He's kind of rubbing it in. I mean, at that stage, she had more information than Shepard. Just finished Dumay's autopsy. Would it surprise you to learn she died of a ruptured brain aneurysm above the visual cortex, sir? <laughs> Thank God it wasn't me. She doesn't look like she's had her head open. Put the school back on. Hmm. Got the feeling she's quite enjoying her work. Yeah. Absolutely account for the hallucinations. I'm no MD, but wouldn't brain swelling around the visual cortex just mean that we experience washes of colour or weird visual anomalies? It would depend on the person. Yeah, that's my point. 
All of our visions are so similar. If they're the result of arterial swelling, wouldn't the visions we experience be more random? It's almost as if it was planned. The things we're seeing are pretty damn identical. And you think it might have something to do with the nature it's of the... good chance no. that... Hello. Another one. Hey! It's not real! No. Remember, it's not real! No! No! To him it's real, though. That's the problem, mm. isn't it? And he's gone shirtless. <laughs> mm-hmm. He's had an inspite the cypher maze. Don't say fine! He's not fine! Do something! There's nothing to do! <laughs> no. <laughs> oh dear. They're dropping like flies. Yeah, this is the first one I've even tried one, to save. Two, three, four, five. One, two, three, four, Stop. five. It's not his heart, just. Stop. Yeah, you can say Rodney knows he's dead, his brain's gone. Mm-hmm. A little funny in the commentary where uh, Paul was complaining about the suit. And I think it was Raymo who actually said, you know, they could get an extra in the suit and CGI Paul's face onto it. <laughs> green screen it. Seems a bit expensive. <laughs> it doesn't. These are just stuff actor into suit. <laughs> Your contract says we can do anything we bloody well want you. You're not on the main titles yet, so do what you're told. And this is the actual first reference to the sister, and it was written as a brother. Hmm. Listen, I have a sister. We're not close. I don't even know how you'd find don't her. Don't talk like that. She's the only family I really have, so someone should tell her what happened. And uh, make it sound good, okay? Tell her I I died saving someone. Kids. I died saving kids. A bunch of them. I died saving kids. <laughs> no, David made the decision to have a sister instead of a brother. Makes you wonder if he was thinking <laughs> far ahead. Yeah, get sister into show. Yeah. Well, what for Jerry O'Connell and Sliders? What way? His brother was in the show. The guy who played his brother was his actual brother. I think I stopped watching after about the second season. <laughs> Fair enough. The whole Cro-Magnon subplot and locked-off worlds and so on. It got a bit silly. And, and oh, tell everyone that I was I was inches away from a theory of unification, but uh, uh, the notes they were lost when I died saving the the kids. <laughs> kids. Zelenka's remember the kids. <laughs> Zelenka's, you know, sweet art really. He is. Fantastic character. He made his appearance in 38 minutes as a, a one-off character. And it was Brad Wright himself who mm. really enjoyed his performance. Brought him back for sacrifices and the storm and the eye. Okay. I should be dead now. You can't be dead, Rodney. You're one of the leads. <laughs> You're running to do me at the same time? Exactly the same time. Then yes, you should be dead. Thank you. Dr. Beckett. Oh, Good to have a second opinion, isn't it? Rodney thinks he should be dead, and Carson thinks he should be dead. I'm still here. Yes, you are. Quick, cut him open. Let's find out why. Interesting. Interesting? Interesting? Don't take this the wrong way, but... Why? Exactly. Well, I don't care. I mean, I really don't care. <laughs> it's good to be loved. Well... I mean, I don't know if the... Well, I, I honestly don't remember. You know, I don't rewatch episodes on this podcast. But could it be the ancient gene? Could be. So, Taylor's at risk then? Well, that's one thing. You would have thought, when they were allocating personnel, that virtually everybody would have the ancient gene. Mm. Or at least they'd have sorted out the inoculation before they left. Didn't Beckham only develop it after uh, they arrived? About half an hour after they arrived, <laughs> in a convenient plot element. Yeah. What did this surprise you? You watch sci-fi. Yeah, I'm sure you've wasted entire evenings on TVTropes.com. No, no, you were uh, frequent that site. No, actually, my friend in Bunbury in Western Australia does. It's a bloody time sink. Maybe it's Rodney's antihistamines. Get to the mess hall report back. 
this kind of plot could fit into Fringe beautifully. Mm -hmm. Are you certain you really want to see this, Rodney? It's too accurate. How can something organic be artificial? Again, we're in the middle of another galaxy. Just because it's out of the ordinary for us doesn't mean it's not commonplace here. No, 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 I don't buy that. Most of the habitable plants we've encountered thus far are, are, are carbon copies of Earth in terms of environmental conditions. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a bit of a clue, that is. Yeah. Unless... I'll be back. Wait up, Rodney. Incubation to completion is exactly six hours. The visions are identical for all the infected, and the location of the aneurysm is the same for every single deceased. Yeah, very common cause of uh, problems on Atlantis and Nanobots. Yeah. Is that what I think it is? It's a nanovirus. One manufactured to kill humans. A nanovirus. That's right. Okay, let's pretend I don't know exactly what that is. Somebody should get a coffee. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta be someone who does uh, fetching and carrying. Mm-hmm. Basically, they're microscopic machines that are able to carry out very specific tasks suited for their size. It's the whole idea of being able to swallow a pill and having a million little robots go to work and cure whatever ails you. Or be what ails you. You're all infected with microscopic machines? Yeah, they're no bigger than a single-cell organism. Although instead of having a sole purpose of curing a disease or mending a blood vessel... The virus is programmed to terrorize its victims... Terrorize. ...and then rupturing an artery in their brain. Infecting others along the way as they can. There's one good thing. I doubt they can multiply. That's what you like. I doubt they would multiply. Yeah. <laughs> Could it be Wraith? That would definitely be my first guess. I'm not so sure about that. Yeah, why would the Wraith kill food? I'll give you that they're equally terrifying, but why would the Wraith even create the equivalent of WMD? Yeah, good point. They're killing us not because they sadistically want us dead, but because they need to consume us for food. Look, it would be like the equivalent of cattle farmers creating mad cow disease. I don't buy it. They may have done, but not deliberately. Hmm. What, so wiping out the race food supply is a last-ditch consideration? I don't believe that for a moment. The ancients would never create something like this. It doesn't explain the visions, either. Okay, for the moment, who built the virus is really the least of our concerns. Good point. No, of course not. The ancients, hippies, who never harmed us all. Nope. Yes, that changes throughout the season, doesn't mm -hmm. it? Then why are you in hazmat suits? Yes. <laughs> it's a very good question. I ain't bloody decking this off. <laughs> I could use your help at my lab. Go. I will be fine. Yeah, this mob won't rip my suit off. No, I'm perfectly safe. She's not perfectly safe there. It looks rather threatening. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately she's not allowed to shoot them if they get a little uh, overactive. Aye, but he's been inoculated with the ATA gene. You're saying the virus is designed to only kill humans? Well, I'm human. Yes, yes, we're making a point, Rodney. Aha. Saki, Carson, Saki. I've already been given the gene weeks ago. It didn't take. I know. I'm already on it. The gene therapy is only effective in 48% of recipients. If I was given the gene shot right now, how long would it take to kick in? A minimum of four hours. Well, I don't have four hours. I met up with McKay and Hayes 90 minutes after they met up with Dume. I have a little under an hour before my brain explodes. Aiden, listen to me. You've been up for almost 20 hours now. You're not thinking straight. Just try to stay calm. Calm? You told me I have a million tiny robots running through my veins whose only purpose is to terrorize and kill me. You stay calm. We are about to have hallucinations. We are infected, Carson. How do you expect us to act? Yes, Carson, you should work better. Mm. No, you don't. <laughs> I like it. You work yourself up into a little dizzy. Yeah. Take the gun off him. I really don't want people having hallucinations who are armed. Mm. Thing in the middle of the room? Yeah, that's the one. Should I pay attention to all these warnings? Not today, no. Yeah, not as urgently as he was, though. So I'm going to be all right. 
I'm fine. Who cares about the rest of you? <laughs> yes. Who did these computer graphics? Don't tell anybody about we nicked them from Star Trek. <laughs> Who? Hmm. Oh, switch it off at the main. How big a pulse is it going to generate? Well, they're in the middle of the city, aren't they? We're still locked out of the ancient controls, though. There's no way to power them down. Well, it's not going to be necessary. The ancient technology works differently than ours. An impulse shouldn't have any long-lasting effect on them. We're ready. Yeah, you hope. Well, always be sure. 100% sure. That's uh, Rodney's view in life. You can always apologise if it goes wrong after the fact. How are we going to know if it works? Well, Shepard's dialing up the most powerful pulse the generator can manage. Probably won't make it all the way down here, but it should affect most of the central tower. I imagine once it wipes out the virus, the city should return control of it to you and end the lockdown. It won't make it here? If the pulse works, it'll simply be a matter of walking it down to my lab, sitting it down in front of the EMP, and repeating the process. Major. Sounds easy. Oh, I can't remember the name of that program I was watching. Something about an EMP bomb. Dark Angel? No, it was out. And it appeared to kill people as well as they were too close. Wait till it comes on, give it a good 10 count, and then discharge. 10 count? Probably been around more EMPs than anyone. Hey, this is gonna be a. I'm gonna be fine, right? Yes, that's a yes. You'll be fine. I imagine that there is a significant, you know, well, EM discharge, which could disrupt brain chemistry. Red light. Ooh, a little proper flicky uppy arming switch. Well, that's a bit of a letdown. I I expected more. They could have done a little bit of a graphic representation. Hmm. And I imagine... Why is that Why is that computer up there? It's still on. Yeah, I imagine those computers they brought with yeah. them. They're not Atlantean. It's almost as if they forgot about them when they were making this. Oopsie. Epic fail, Rodney. It was a good try. Anything? Is it possible it might take some time? Doubtful. <laughs> think. think. Especially. Sorry, Rainbow. Are you still locked out of the ancient mainframe? Yep. Yes, it's red. It's glaring at me. Got any other ideas? Mipon. <laughs> You're gonna die. <laughs> You're not having visions. 29 minutes. Oh god, he looks out of it, don't he? Oh, oh. oh they're, they're all going. <laughs> yeah. That's Lieutenant Crown, played by Alison Graham. It's still unclear. What's unclear? Either it worked or it didn't. They are trying to determine. You are experiencing a hallucination. They're everywhere. They're on you. They're on your boobs. Let me at them. <laughs> well, it does actually. Oh, whoa, what the hell? Oh, crikey. That was energetic. And this is being cut. Oh my god. They had a good laugh at this because they tried to tear that suit by hand and they could not do it. I've already tried that. It's blown. That is before we reset the sub-switch. Well, maybe we shouldn't have overloaded it so much. Look, it's fixable. It's fixable. We just need to use a little trial and error. You've got another one. Even if we get this thing working, who's to say the pulse is going to get any bigger? Right? Ford and Zelenka have 20 minutes before their arteries rupture. Ooh, that's never good. On the bright side, we've only got six minutes for the episode left, so maybe they'll survive until the end credits. <laughs> Are you sure an EMP will kill this thing? Yes. All right, I have an idea. John's got an idea. Oh, I do. Why is there a keypad on the front of that thing? Where are you going, John? What do you mean, no? It's too dangerous. You'd rather lose a third of our population. We're not there yet, Major. We are there. 
Portons and Link are next. The people in the mess hall have a little over three hours. This is a full-blown outbreak. People are going to keep dying unless we do this. Yes, let's forget the EMP machine. Let's just blow up an aqueduct generator. The results are the same, but it's a bigger bang. Mm -hmm. We can't. The city won't let infected personnel through any of the doors. The Major is right. The only way to create an EMP strong enough to wipe these little guys out is to... to detonate a nuclear explosion in the atmosphere, yes, I heard the first time. I know it sounds severe, but if the Major was able to overload an aqueduct generator 20 miles above the city, we'd be perfectly safe from a radiological standpoint. Would we? Fall out, you know, that's why it's called fall out. Well, that 20 miles up, there wouldn't be much physical matter for Fallout, so the atmosphere would just blow well away from the city, towards the mainland. Yeah, <laughs> where the Evosians are. Yeah, okay. sod them. You have a go. Interesting, though, you know, Weir wasn't exactly up for this plan, even though a third of the population are liable to die. Mm -hmm. She's not amongst them, so screw it. Yeah. How fortunate is it that the Naquita generator can be lifted by one man? That ore is super strong, of course. As the jumper climbs, if you look on its underside, you can see the two white lights, which is the Naquita generator. Money well spent. I'm almost in position. Understood. Will the impulse have any effect on the puddle jumper? I'm hoping not. Either way, I'm more worried about the shockwave. Good luck. You too. You're only going to have 30 seconds once you release it before it explodes. You need to get as far away as you can. Get as far away from the nuclear explosion as possible. It's good advice, Rodney. Thanks. You're welcome. Why not just get into space? Shockwaves don't travel that well through vacuum from atmosphere. <laughs> Seriously, go straight off. You're totally right. It's just John's very dry response. Whee! So he heads down and across. Only five seconds. You should have just done it and not done a countdown. Make it a surprise. You see, everybody's nervous now. Fifteen seconds. Is the radio still going to walk after it? It'll blow in. Three. Nine. Eight. Seven. Six. Five. Four. Three. Two. That's a nice big explosion. You complained about the last snack with the explosion. <laughs> it's suddenly daylight again. Mm -hmm. That's it. Look at the bright light and be blinded. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Major Shepard, come in. This is Weir. Please respond. Communications may have been disrupted by the blast. Sergeant Bay is totally calm. Yeah, think. Major, do you read me? I say it depends what sort of pump systems the jumper and antigens use. The RF that the expedition uses, of course, will be gone. Mm -hmm. You can take that off, Taylor. It's been compromised. Yes, that's true. This is Shepard. I've cleared the blast. I'm returning home. Why do you sound so breathless, John? <laughs> Glad to hear it, Major. Did it work? We're about to find out. Yeah, because I'm not coming back if it didn't. Yeah, we're still red. We should know almost right away. Oh no, we're green. There we go. A couple of microseconds and then. The city's already ahead of us, Rodney. You have a green light to return. Okay, everybody. Look busy. Yes, open laptop. How do these laptops take the power up again? Depends if they're running Windows, Apple, or Linux. Look at that bit. Zelenka and Rodney high fiving, they shaking hands and hugs. And now the outside shot of the city is bright and sunny, not dark. Not symbolic at all, are we? <laughs> Back in Weir's little office. Mm -hmm. 
The Nakoda generator plan was very clever. Good work. Thank you. Now lost one of the ones that were powering the seats. What are we supposed to do? <laughs> Give him enough time, I imagine. That Ronnie could make one, but I doubt they've got the resources. Now? That can never happen again. Look, I'm sorry about... I understand your expertise in military matters. And I agree that I should defer to those expertise in such situations. Thank you. But you are not the one who decides what is and what is not a military situation. Now, both General O'Neill and Colonel Sumner warned me that you don't respect the proper chain of command. No, Colonel Sumner. No, listen to me, John. Now, you endangered yourself and the lives of many others. Because I thought it was the best course of action to take. And by the way, I saved your ass. I know you did. I'm sorry, John, but I think you were wrong in the circumstance. It, it worked out okay, but where is the head of this expedition? You guys have a minute? We've been able to spend some uh, quality time with the uh, nanovirus samples. From what we can tell, they've all been incapacitated. Well, that's good news. Yes. Also, upon further investigation, I think we can rule out that they were created by the Wraith. They're different than any Wraith technology we've come across thus far. If not the Wraith, then who made them? I honestly don't know. But whoever they were, let's just hope that they're not still around. Well, if they're ancient, they probably are. Let's hope. Ooh. A bad guy. Yes. Zoom in. Ominous music. <laughs> we know what's coming. <laughs> we do. And that was Hot Zone. Indeed. If nothing else, a record number of tweet replies and retweets. <laughs> it wasn't a bad episode. I just don't consider it a really good episode of the first season. It's more typical of a fourth season of a franchise that hasn't been going for a while. The thing is, I think the problem, we've had such a high quality of episodes so far, then when we get an average one, it looks bad. Yeah, you could be right. Although, like, for a bottle show, it had an awful lot of extras. It looked huge because they were actually making use of the city. Mm -hmm. They always says when they were making Atlantis, they've got such a lot to explore just in the city. There are plenty of episodes that do that, but I've always thought they never really made the most of it. Well, people want to see people in space. That is true, yeah. People in space. <laughs> yeah, hence the puddle jumpers. Yeah. Well, let's face it, you know, DS9 didn't really start getting good until they got a spaceship. Yeah, yeah, the Defiant. Yeah. And, of course, the season six version of the Defiant, which was piloted by kids and practically everyone died <laughs> and got blown up. Kids and Deanna Troy, don't put them in charge of spaceships. No, because she does so much better as Matriarch Benezia. An excellent commentary for the Hot Zone, if you've got the DVD, uh, you want to check that out. Which is Martin Garrow, who wrote this episode. Also, Paul McGillian, Rachel Luthrow, and Rainbow Sun Frank. As I said, during the episode, it's actually better than the, the finished product. Hmm. Martin Garrow, the writer, he wrote 32 episodes of Stargate Atlantis, two episodes of Stargate Universe, and four episodes of Stargate SG-1, as well as writing the LA Complex, which alas has just been cancelled. I see. Right then. Shall I be rummaging for blurb? Oh, yeah. Go and find the blurb. For what? That's a good question, actually. It's good to be king. The irresponsible Harry Mayborn is living like a king, literally. The South Side ruler's native idol is interrupted, first by the arrival of General Jack O'Neill in SG-1, and then by Trelak, first prime to Lord Ares, the goal claiming claim to Harry's land and to his people. With Daniel and Teok undercover in the royal court, can the wily Mayborn outwit them all? I bet he can. I like Mayborn. Everybody likes him. Uh, a lovable rogue who... His character really evolved after the first couple of appearances. When he was just basically hateful. Yeah. 
Well, he was a foil to Jack. Yeah, a little nemesis. Uh, sort of nemesis. <laughs> Next week, it's good to be king. Uh, Alan just read the blurb for it. I'm going to keep calling that the man who would be king, and I can hear it in my brain already. He's decided that's the name of the episode. Fair enough. Jack? Daniel? Are you you? Yeah, you. What? I like the yellow ones. Never mind. Right then, we have a little bit of feedback this week. Right, I am not... Ah, okay, that's useful. I'm not going to attempt an Aussie accent, but you can be Evelyn. I'm not going to. I'm not going to even try a female accent. Female accent. <laughs> Go on then. Hello, Hammond of Texas. Welcome back. And also, what a fun episode! About actually about six hours later. What a fun episode! Jeff makes another great inclusion. We get our first look at the troublesome Vala. It's easy to see now how this and Gemini were filmed at the same time. On a great opening teaser, Don and Richard have great chemistry. Evelyn Duncan. Posted, Jack isn't happy because General Hammond took his favourite person away and couldn't promise when he'd be back. I love Vala and was happy she came back on the show. Well, McLaughlin said, the Daniel slash Vala dynamic, lightning in a bottle. Did we actually get a bit of feedback on our Google Plus page? Gasp. Dan LaRocque, he's on Google Plus. He posted, just listened yesterday to the Prometheus Unbound episode. This episode was awesome. We're getting into some of my favourite times for SG1. Nice to hear from you, Dan. Have you got the figure yet? Scott said he shipped it. I checked with him. Okay. Finally. <laughs> we also got a little bit of feedback on the main website for the episode First Commandment. Yes, that's a season one episode. Someone is actually brave enough to listen to our early efforts. Baron posted, Didn't care for this episode. I liked seeing the black guy from 24 with his then baby face. I didn't start watching SG1 until season three. Now I'm going back through the earlier episodes. So far, I can see why I didn't watch SG1 at first. I haven't liked any of these early episodes yet. He also mentioned the poorer audio quality of the Gatecast episodes from that era. Can't really deny it. They were pretty rough. I do think they got better, though. Many thanks, Baron, for the feedback. We do appreciate it, even when it isn't positive. We always get a warm and fuzzy feeling when we get some feedback on the show, so if you'd like to send us something, then please do so. We'll endeavour to include it in the next show, or relevant show if that's more appropriate. You can email us, including an audio message, using gatecastpodcast at gmail.com. And we have groups and pages on both Facebook and Google+. You can search for us using generic Stargate, or more specifically, Gatecast. We are also on iTunes and Stitcher Internet Radio, under Gatecast. And we simply swoon when we get an iTunes rating and review. They help the show get promotion on that service. Twitter seems to be popular, and you can find us at the Gatecast, which is one word. And finally, there is our main website gatecast.co.uk which has a variety of contact and links for keeping our Stargate family all together well that was Hot Zone thank you for listening, thank you for downloading as always feedback in any format is always welcome, we thrive upon feedback, we feed gently upon the put in a sort of vampiric fashion but that's pretty much it I've been Alan and I've been Mike thanks very much folks, we'll see you next week take care, bye 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 You've been listening to The Gatecast, hosted by Alan and Mike. Join us at gatecast.co.uk. Stargate forever. Stargate forever.